You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for the opening with Nick Kunzer from Sandland Private Wealth. And we have to go back to last night, Nick. I think it was 8.30 to South African time, where Sil Ramaphosa unveiled a 500 billion rand rescue package. Now, the comments that I'm seeing is that's really good news, and all the sycophants are saying another triumph for President Ramaphosa, and the cynics are saying, is it implementable? What did you, what did you glean from it? Lindsay, good morning. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think overall it was fairly well received. I think you know the the signal response I've seen this morning in my inbox um, from various sort of uh, brokers and houses giving and banks giving the analysis of it. In general, I would say well received. I think also it needs to be put into the contents of. I think the initial headlines across everyone was like, oh my goodness, it's ten percent of GDP. I mean, some countries' um, packages that have been released uh, in the last couple of weeks are, are up to 30% of debt to GDP. Yes. So not massively out of line. In fact, less in some other emerging markets. Um, and um, if you look at the U.S., I mean, US is, I mean, the U.S. also is roughly about 10 So roughly in line with that. And if you break it down into, you know, the sort of the 500 billion comprising of, of – um, 130 billion of reprioritized fiscal spending. I mean, that's already been uh, sort of tabled up. That's nothing new. It's just been reprioritized how they how they sort of manage the 130 billion, and the 200 billion of, of loan guarantee scheme from various institutions. I mean, those are credit lines that I guess are already in place. So, so overall, and the 100 billion for state and job creations is 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 encouraging, and uh, you know some some sob rate cuts as well. So overall, I actually think it was quite a Thought, well thought out, uh, sort of emerged the, I don't know what they're calling it, the COVID-19 relief budget, whatever it is. Uh, overall well-received, Lindsay. You know, I think you only have to look at the barometer of the two things we always look at on your show, which is the RAND and the, um, the R2030, and, and both of them are behaving very nicely this morning. In fact, the RAND has reversed early losses at 19.05 and is, is half a percent stronger. So I think that that is your, your statement right there. Yes, I've got that. Let's start with those uh, the spot prices. Uh, I've got the round at eighteen ninety one against the US dollar, twenty three thirty one against the British pound, and twenty fifty six against the euro. All those um, exchange rates reflect a very slightly uh, stronger round, but we'll take that. Euro dollar is one oh eight sixty five. Uh, last night in the United States, the Dow Jones was down two and two thirds percent, and S and P was down three point one percent. And the Nasdaq was down three and a half percent, with the Dow Jones futures at the moment down about point, oh, sorry, up about 0.8 percent, or 180 points. And a similar situation for the S&P, which live futures shows me with a 24-point gain to 27.56. So a little bit of stabilisation on the international markets. The oil price had another torrid uh, session yesterday, and this morning. It's recovering, but it's still down. We've got West Texas Intermediate down 5.1% to $10.98. And the Brent crude oil price, which was just about 15 in the early hours of this morning, is now only down 11.25% to $17.16 or $2.17 a week. So under pressure, but just clawing its way back a bit. I think people have had enough of the of the Monday and Tuesday action, and Wednesday might be a little bit different, Nick. Yeah, I'm only laughing to myself because uh, the phone calls I had yesterday, for some reason, everyone in South Africa is now a professional oil trader. Um, So the the majority of calls this morning is not about the budget. It's like, where's the price of oil? Um, Yeah, big, big moves. I mean, mean, let's just put these these sort of swings into context. So 
In the early hours of Asia this morning, the price of West Texas, which is everyone now knows what it is, uh, for June that jumped almost 20% to $13.70 a barrel on the open. Yeah. That's after plunging more than 40% uh, uh, down, you know, obviously the, the, the day before. Uh, now this morning, as you rightly pointed out, you know, West Texas is now back on the back foot, down 4.32%. And Brent, which was flat this morning in the open in Asia, is down 11 So, Huge volatility, huge moves, and and I, for right now, I really don't see any reason why it would change. I think it's here that that one supposedly one-off um, negative move on the front month contract that everyone said is just a derivative play. I don't think it is, and we spoke about this last night. I think there's more to come. So, but for now, a little bit of stability. If you can call a four and eleven percent down stability, but exceedingly. Yeah, in fact, West Texas goes to 10.99 as we speak, down 5.01% all over the place. Let's have a look at commodities markets now, other commodities markets, that is. We've got the gold price at 16.89, which has barely changed. We've got the platinum price. Uh, platinum is 7.49, which is flat as well. Palladium is what, Nick? Uh, 18.78, so uh, bouncing 2% after yesterday's drubbing. Yeah, indeed. Uh, on the local market... Um, not much going on. A bit, a bit of a better mood, I would imagine, after last night's speech from uh, President Ramaphosa and also with the RAND being slightly firmer. Yeah, I think if you put all all the sort of the positive news in the pot locally and what we're seeing offshore as well with the S&P futures, another one which was actually sort of flat a couple of hours ago, it's now up a percent. Uh, and we're seeing Europe also opening up sort of tentatively, you know, I guess cautious stance, but still more green on my screen. And and I must say Asia was quite, quite red this morning. So a little bit of a positive feel coming through. And if we look at the individual counters as well, uh, in general, there's a positive uh, feedback. The banks as well, uh, which is quite nice to see, getting a little bit of a bit because they've been really sold off recently. So in general, locally and offshore, there seems to be a, a positive feel about the tape. Excellent. Stock Exchange News Service announcements are very thin as well. There's been some results out from Octodec Investments Limited. That's the interim results for the group for the six months, ended 29th of February, and the um, the share price is, uh, is unmoved. So we don't need to talk about that one. Uh, any other corporate news that you're seeing? What, what was the Sassel story that I saw yesterday? I saw a tweet coming out that they're selling a chunk mm. of either selling Lake Charles or a, a chunk of Lake Charles. What was that? Can you clarify that? Because it wasn't on SENS, I don't think. No, it wasn't. So, I mean, this is this has been doing the rounds of the uh, our virtual uh, water coolers for the last week or two. Uh, there has been the fact that they re- that there's someone's been spreading a rumor that uh, Lake Charles thirteen percent was going to be sold off, possibly of Lake Charles to a Saudi Arabian oil consortium. So that that's been the sort of rumor. Uh, yesterday, Bloomberg running with the story, which hasn't been uh, denied by the company, saying that they were looking exactly that at selling off a percentage of their Lake Charles chemical project. Um, And in fact, Bank of America has already been appointed that is confirmed as advisors to this. Um, So, you know, the markets are fairly efficient. Uh, Sassel down 24% on the open yesterday. And by the end of the day, after the story broke half an hour ago, it was actually unchanged. Um, I think that would... 
that would probably be the best solution, quite frankly, depending what price they got for it, obviously. Um, but that would certainly mean for long-suffering Cecil shareholders there would be no dilution because there'd be no rights issue that would need to come to market um, and would certainly get some sort of money into to get their debt covenants down quite a bit. Uh, but as, as of now, neither confirmed nor denied, but the fact that um, uh, bankers have been uh, supposedly, not supposedly, but have been confirmed that they are, they are advising them there is definitely something to that. Okay, and it's a classic case of um, when a share price is high and a commodity is high, these commodity companies have to say to themselves, well, um, let's take advantage of our high share price mm. and let's take advantage of the fact that we think that the commodity cycle is going to continue and they buy at the top and sell at the bottom because that's what they're doing. I don't know what the chemical prices are doing compared to the oil price, but obviously there's a mm. fairly strong link and especially with economic activity mm. um, waning uh, very fast uh, globally. They're going to be selling at the bottom classic yeah look i must i must say um disagree on your one point that i think our local miners have certainly learned their lesson yes uh, definitely. they used to behave like they used to behave like that they would do exactly then you'd sort of pull your hair out and say why are you doing this it's such a barometer it's such a you know indicator of of you know by the rumor sell the news but um They've certainly seemed to have learned. I think I look at the likes of Impala Platinum. You know, I think they got—they were literally on the verge of insolvency a few years ago, hmm. and I think they've really learned their lesson. Look at BHP Billiton. It's one of the few miners, one of the few companies that are actually cash flush on their balance sheets. So I think they've learned their lesson. But uh, you know, Cecil, <laughs> maybe maybe they need to take uh, some guidance from our local miners, get some advice from them. Yes, indeed. Um, let's have a look at the top five major movers on my screen. Uh, Textain is up five and a quarter percent. Anglo Gold is shanty up two point nine. PSG Consult two point nine as well. Telcom is up two point nine percent. That's the theme this morning. And Northern Platinum up two point one percent on the downside. The aforementioned Sassel down seven and a quarter percent after closing more or less. Uh, unchanged last night. Exaro down seven. Standard Bank down four point two. MediClinic down three and a quarter. Growth Point down two and a quarter. Stories amongst those, or just early dealings, Nick? Uh, just the one. I'll say just a flag that uh, Sassel's gone ex-dividend today. So ah, there you go. Ex-dividend play. So mm. that's why you're seeing Sassel there. But uh, sorry, Standard Bank. Um, but uh, sorry, I did say Standard Bank. Yeah, Standard Bank's gone ex today. Sassel, yeah, yeah, oil price difficult to escape that. Um, and Exara, I think uh, that's down 8% on my leaderboard. I think there's still a little bit of toing and froing with uh, ESCOM, and that's quite quite fun to watch that space. And then just, uh, I didn't see BSG Billiton, but I see JP Morgan out this morning with quite a big upgrade on JP Morgan before the open. I haven't seen any sort of uh, upgrades or downgrades as companies grapple to figure out what to do during coronavirus. I think it was an upgrade to about 420 rand or something a share, JP Morgan, this morning. So quite a bullish call on BHP Bulletins. I'm just watching this crude price with fascination. Sorry to bore everybody with it, but it's, uh, West Texas has just gone positive <laughs> Lindsay, to the not, tune of two and a quarter percent. You're not, you're not boring everything because that's the only calls I've taken for the last 48 hours. Everyone wants to be a West Texas intermediary trader. <clears throat> it's Most up two and a quarter percent suddenly in, in, in the last five minutes. It's gone from being down five to up two and a quarter. Brent crude from being down 11 to now only down 7%. So that's rallied mm -hmm. 4% in three minutes. Uh, it's all over the place. Anyway, it's, it's quite good fun. What are the eight indices after half an hour of trading, please? 
<coughs> okay, it's boring old indices are not moving as much as oil. Mm. But uh, JC All Share is exactly flat as a pancake. It's 47.616 at the moment. That is down three points on the day. Uh, top 40, though, is managed to into the green. It's up 17 points currently, 0.05%. And if you look at the individual indices, it's quite evenly sort of spread from upsides and downsides. We have technology leading up 1.1%. Uh, industrials 0.32% firmer. And we have the likes of consumer non cyclicals up a quarter percent. And on the downside, basic materials are down 0.5%. Uh, energy shares with the likes of Sassel down 09 which could very easily change in the next hour. And then healthcare, the biggest dragger on the index, down 2%. Nick, thanks very much for your time. That's Nick Kunzer from Sandham Private Wealth. And that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.